The Crane Thrive Podcast, episode 141. Grow your side hustle with Chris Gillibo. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. Hey Thrivers, Jess here. Welcome to another episode of the Create and Thrive podcast. It's awesome to be with you this week. Are you enjoying the show? I hope you are. I hope you're finding it useful and practical and inspirational as well. If you are, I would love to hear from you. Uh, click subscribe. Make sure you don't miss an episode. Please leave a rating or review on iTunes or on the Facebook page. It's always awesome to hear from listeners and I love hearing your feedback about the show. And on iTunes especially, it helps other people find the show so it can help them grow their handmade businesses as well. Just one little note uh, in case you've missed it before we get into the episode. If you have been thinking about joining my membership community for makers, the Thriver Circle, now is the time. On April 1st, the price is going up from $15 per month to $29 per month for good. Once the price has gone up, that's it. It will be that forever. So if you want to get in now before the price basically doubles, um, if you lock in $15 per month, you join now, you will keep that for as long as you remain a member. So I just wanted to make sure you know about that. So if you've been thinking about joining us, haven't gotten around to it yet, now is your chance. Get in before April 1st to lock in the current much lower price per month for membership for as long as you remain a member. I hope you do decide to come and join us in our community. Uh, It's my favorite place to hang out and I know a lot of the other members, it's their favorite place to hang out as well. And there's a lot of people in there, including me, who will be happy to answer questions, help you out. And of course, heaps of courses and workshops and members only podcasts as well. So head on over to thrivercircle.com before April 1st. That is 5 p.m. April 1st, Australian time. If you're in US or Canada, that's your Saturday night. So don't miss the cutoff. And I hope you do come and join us. It would be lovely to have you in our community. So today's guest is a friend of mine. I've known Chris for, gosh, five or six years now. I've attended his World Domination Summit in Portland, Oregon a few years ago, which was awesome fun. I was part of a Guinness World Record attempt actually it it got past (laughs) the longest chain of people on floating rings on a river or on a water body of all I think anyway it was awesome fun uh it's probably one of my favorite ever conferences so many wonderful speakers and great people all about how to basically live an unconventional life and how to grow a business around that And I know a lot of you here are here because you want to do things a little bit differently. You want to grow a handmade business or have a side hustle, as we're going to be talking about today. So for those of you who either want to have a business on the side of what you're already doing, or you want to start something, you think maybe you want to take it full time, but you're not sure yet, this episode will be awesome for you. Uh, Chris has a book called Side Hustle out, and um, I actually saw him recently at his uh, book launch event in Brisbane and I invited him on the show and happily he decided to you know come on and share uh, his story with you and talk a little bit about what is a side hustle and why you might want one no matter what 
you do, whether you have a full-time job. You know, he's really passionate about the idea of having a side hustle no matter what you do because it's something, it's a passion project. It's something that, you know, especially in the modern economy can give you a little bit of extra safety, uh, you know, in finances and stuff like that. So we talk a lot about his story and that in this episode. I'm also giving away two copies of his book, Side Hustle. One copy will be going to a member of the Thrivers Circle. So if you're in the circle, just head on over there and look for the um, post regarding the giveaway. The second copy will be going to someone who attends my March Facebook Live on the Korean Five Facebook page. Uh, I like to do a live Q&A each month. So if you'd like to attend that, it's going to be on Thursday the 29th of March at 10 a.m. Brisbane time which is Wednesday the 28th of March at 8 p.m. New York time. So come on over join me for the Q&A and you'll have a chance to win a copy a signed copy of Chris's latest book Side Hustle. All right let's dive into this episode with my friend Chris Gilbo. Hey Chris welcome to the show. Hey, Jess. Thanks so much for having me. It's awesome to have you on the show. I'm really, really excited to talk to you today. I've been uh, reading your books for a long time, and I know you have a lot of wisdom to share with everybody. Now, I wanted to start with something that we have in common, and that is the absolute desire for freedom in our lives. (laughs) That's one of my, yeah, one of my main motivators is freedom and having as much freedom. And I know that uh, you have kind of used this as your motivator for, well, probably your whole life, not your whole adult life. And that you basically, you call yourself unemployable these days. So Mm -hmm. what, what do you, what does that mean to you to be unemployable? Yeah. Right. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for, for having me on the show, and it's great to talk with you and your wonderful listeners. Uh, unemployable, yeah, I think it wasn't just my adult life. I mean, it's pretty much kind of my childhood also. It was like, you know, reaching or aspiring for freedom, and that was always like a, a goal or a value that I held very dear. And, you know, over time, I kind of, as I, as I grew up, I realized, okay, I have to make a living at some point. And I, <laughs> I did a series of random jobs, you know, when I was a teenager. Um, but I, I, the thing is, I really like to work. Like, I actually, even even as a as a teenager, as a kid, I actually liked to start projects, and I enjoyed like putting things together and envisioning something. But I didn't like doing work that seemed to have no purpose or something that I just didn't care about. So it was mm-hmm. like this thing where, you know, I would give one hundred and ten percent to something that I believed in, but I would give twenty percent to something I didn't believe in. <laughs> so if you're like that, you have to find a way to construct your life around things that you believe in and things that you know, hopefully have value to other people as well. But, you know, that that's the thing. I think you shouldn't just try harder. You, know, you shouldn't just try to like, oh, let me go from 20% to 30%. Mm. You know, let me try, let me just try to suck it up and be you know, like mediocre or something. So I think, you know, when I discovered, you know, the world of micro entrepreneurship, which I didn't really think about at the time, I didn't call it that, you know, it was just like, how can I find a way to make a living for myself? Once I discovered that at pretty much age 20, it was like no going back. You know, it's hard. Like once you have that taste of freedom or independence mm. or whatever it is that you long for, it's, it's really hard to, to go back to something else. You know, if you don't know what it is, then that's fine. But once you figure out there is this whole other world out there and it's attractive to you, uh, then you, you want to do everything you can to, to keep it. Absolutely, and I, I'm totally stealing that. I am t- I am too unemployable. Uh, mm-hmm. The idea of you know going back and working for someone else on, with someone else's idea of what is good uh, is kind of terrifying. Mm-hmm. I like to do the work that means something to me and that hopefully helps other people in the world as well. And speaking of, of day jobs, and we're going to get a bit more into this, but 
What do you think of this idea for people who want to start a new thing, who want to explore their own business or a side hustle or whatever it might be, the idea that they should just throw in the day job, leap into the unknown and, you know, see what happens? (laughs) Right, right. You know, here's what I think. I think if you're 20 years old, that's a great idea. If you're 20, if you're 20, if you're 21, I mean, the the point is like the stakes are low when you're Mm. young. Like if your job sucks and and you're 22 and you don't have a family, you don't have a mortgage, well, you should just leave your job, right? Because Mm -hmm. what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You know, you can probably get another job at some point, you know, if your, your business doesn't work out. So a lot of people are not in that situation. You know, a lot of people do have responsibilities. They've, they've got bills to pay. They do have mortgages or families or, or whatever else. And so to kind of tell those people like, oh, you should just leap and the net will appear. Mm. You know, I think that's, that's, almost, that's almost offensive. And we, and we actually hear that a lot, I think, in the culture these days. Like everyone should be an entrepreneur and everyone needs to embrace this. And you got to take a risk and you got to trust that, you know, there's something going to be there for you on the other side. You know, I just, I feel like it's almost kind of shaming people mm. who have jobs. Maybe they actually like jobs, you know, like maybe they actually are working for the right company or the right organization, or maybe it's, it's a season in their life. And mm. for this season, they're doing what they need to do. And eventually they're going to, you know, transition to something else. But I guess what I'm trying to help people with and why I've, I've kind of shifted my whole focus with this, you know, side hustle school and the side hustle book is to help those people to help them, you know, cre- create a bit more freedom in their life so that they have more options, that they can do more of what's important to them. And if that, you know, eventually involves them taking a leap, then that's great. But then they've actually taken the time to construct a net. So they're not Mm -hmm. just like leaping out into the unknown. I think it's actually, you know, really important to build security for yourself before you do that, especially, as I said, if you're older, if you have responsibility, uh, or if you're worried, and it's totally natural to be worried. Yeah, definitely. And I see this a lot in my community, people who have this dream, they want to do a handmade business full time, which is doable. However, it takes a lot of time to build that up. And they feel guilty if they have to keep the job, you know, keep the day job or whatever. And I think that's not a great thing because, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with keeping the day job because you have those responsibilities and slowly building this business on the side. And it might even be just a side thing. You know, it might be something you do extra. It doesn't necessarily have to be everything. Oh, absolutely. And the other thing is like that, that day job or whatever that support structure is, that's going to allow you to, to experiment. It's going to allow you to go down different paths and try different things. It's it's very, very normal in the handmade, you know, business or industry or whatever to, to try different things. And it takes some time. It's not always the first thing you do that kind of sticks or is profitable Mm -hmm. and that's normal. But if you're, but if you quit your job, then you almost have this like fear-based inspiration. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just, you're, you're kind of desperate because like everything is riding on this. So wouldn't it be nice to actually just feel safe and secure and still be able to experiment, still be able to try different, different stuff without this thing ha- like hanging over your head, you know? And that's what I think, that's why I think the side hustle method or the whole like process can be so powerful because you don't have to, to worry about all that stuff. You can experiment and then yes, if it takes off, then of course, then you can transition, but you don't, you don't have to do that before it happens. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show to talk about this, because I think that is a really helpful concept for people, this idea that, hey, I can just think of this as a side hustle for now, even if one day I might want to take it full time, but it kind of yep. takes the pressure off a little bit. Yep, yep. <laughs> and it's, and this, it's totally great to make to, you know, $500 a month on the side, you know, that's or $1,000 a mm-hmm. month, like, that's wonderful. Like, it, for your listeners, if they're listeners, you know, who haven't had that experience yet, I mean, th- the first time you do that, it's going to feel really great. 
like the first time you get your Etsy sale or the first time you get whatever it is. Like, I mean, you probably remember Jess, right? Like I, what it feels I like. I totally do. That's why I laugh. So strangers like, on yeah. the internet are giving me money. You know, that's crazy, right? And it's so phenomenal. it's actually a, a really, really good thing, you know, to just get started and to, you know, if it just if it's just a side thing, that's fine. It's still beautiful. There's a lot of value in that too. There's a lot of confidence that comes from doing that. Yeah, and it allows you to, you know, explore a different part of yourself, especially, you know, mm-hmm. say you have a, a yep. bo- you might call it a boring day job, but you want to explore right. this creativity and share it with the world, and that's a way to do it. So mm-hmm. speaking of side hustles, can you tell us a little bit about your first mm-hmm. side hustle? I love this story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I kind of stumbled on my first, you know, side hustle because I was 19 or 20, and, and um, you know, the Internet had been around for a while, but this new website called eBay.com had just come out. <laughs> and this is literally 20 years ago. And uh, at the time, I was living in the States in Memphis, Tennessee, which is not the greatest place to, to live. No offense to anybody who's from Memphis. <laughs> and uh, I, I kind of had this just rough year, basically. And at the time, I was working the last job I ever did, which was at FedEx, at the main FedEx like distribution center. And I was carrying boxes and like putting boxes on the truck in the middle of the night. Like I worked this four-hour shift from like, I don't know, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. or something. And then in the morning, I'd go to school. I was going to grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, it wasn't the greatest job. Like it was paying $8 an hour, but you know, that's what you have to do when you're a student, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So this new website, eBay, I was like, oh, maybe I can sell some something on it. You know, So I, like, I look around my apartment and I see like some video games I haven't played for a while, see some books you know, that I don't need anymore. And I listed those on eBay, not knowing anything, like not knowing the first thing about copywriting, about HTML, about like taking photos, like, you know, nothing basically. <laughs> and then I, like, I put them online and like it was like a five day auction or something. And five days later, these things sell. And I realized I had made something like $14 an hour doing that. And I was like, wow, okay, you know, <laughs> this, this terrible job in the middle of the night where like, my go home and my back hurts and like the guy's like yelling at me all the the time because I'm like not doing it in the right way. (laughs) Um, And then I'm tired in the morning because I've been working till three and so Mm -hmm. on. Or the first time I try this thing, I can, you know, almost make twice as much. If I actually learn a little bit about this, you know, then I can probably do better. And it's not just about making more money, although I did, of course, but it's, it was also like the creativity of it. Like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. it was like, wow, I have ownership over this. Like, this is actually really fun. Like there's this element, this element of the unknown. Um, But I can see, like I can list my items up and people are bidding on them and these are real people and I have to figure out how do I go to the post office and mail this out (laughs) and all that kind of stuff. Like how do I open a bank account, you know, for my business? It was just, it was so much fun. So it's, it's like I said before, it's like once you have that experience, it's really hard to, to go back, you know? So Mm. from there I kind of learned to do a lot of different things, but that was the, that was the genesis of it. And I I still really, I remember it, you know, fondly uh, all these years later. I love that you say fun because I think business can actually be fun. Like I find it fun and enjoyable and motivating, like figuring all this stuff out. Speaking of that, like, do you think everyone is capable of starting a business or a side hustle or are some people just kind of more suited personality wise or interest wise than other people? Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about that, that fun thing because I think this, this also relates to like this concept of passion. I feel like people mm. are always like, do you have to be passionate about your side hustle? I mean, I, I don't know if I was passionate about like selling the video games or if I was passionate about like it was more like the process that was Mm. exciting like that was like learning about how to do this and so I think 
you don't necessarily have to pick like the topic or the the content or whatever that you are the most passionate about. You can you can also just be excited about learning how to how to do this. Um, so I think that's important to note because people often feel like you have to do this you know thing that you love or whatever. I think it's important to look forward to to whatever you're doing, but it doesn't have to be the thing that you love more than anything else. So as to whether everyone's capable, I mean I think first let's say not everybody wants to do this, and mm-hmm. that's fine. Like I'm not an evangelist. I'm not out there trying to tell every person on the street like this is what you need to do. So I'm much more of a recruiter. I'm much more like, hey, here's my message, and you know, if if, if the shoe fits, wear it, right? Yep. So you know, I I do think you know this is good for just about everyone. I do think it's important to have more than one source of income to not depend on one corporation or whatever it is, you know, for for your entire well-being. So I think it's wise, um, but you know, not everyone wants that, and that's fine. So so let's say you do want it. Um, then I would say, yes, I do think everyone's capable of doing something, mm. you know, and as for whether some people are more suited to it than others, well, maybe, but I don't think that's like an innate thing. I think mm. it's because of how they've been socialized and how they have been encouraged or discouraged to take risks or to try different things uh, or to explore their curiosity. And so if you're starting with a disadvantage there, um, then technically speaking, you may be less capable than someone else, but these are things that can be overcome. You know, you can teach yeah. people. You teach people how to explore their creativity. You can teach them, you know, how to develop the skill of observation. You can kind of help them reduce risk and, and mm-hmm. show them that maybe a lot of the risk that they're imagining is just perceived. And so, if you can remove some of those barriers, then I, then I think it gets it gets much easier. So, I do think everybody's capable capable of it in one way or another. I love that that perception that you know maybe you just haven't haven't grown up in an environment that valued an entrepreneurial mm-hmm. spirit right. but it's something yep. that you can learn and in, in your book side hustle you mention the key quality of resourcefulness you know mm-hmm. n- being able to figure stuff out as something that yeah. a successful entrepreneur needs to cultivate are there other qualities that you could highlight that someone who wants to do this should be cultivating yeah so when i say resourcefulness um, i think you, you nailed it pretty well which is like the ability to figure things out or the, the ability to decode a process and and that's what I was doing when I was first doing that online auction stuff. Like, you know, the thing with selling stuff from around my apartment is eventually I ran out of stuff to sell. You know, like I didn't have mm-hmm. any more video games. I'd already sold them all. So I had to figure out, okay, what's next? And I, I just started paying attention to the auctions that were closing. And the interesting thing about the, like, the auction model is all the information is public. Like you can see how many bids there are. You can see what the closing price is. And, mm-hmm. and so you can learn a lot from that. And, and one of the things that I noticed was that, that there was a certain kind of gourmet coffee uh, from Jamaica that was selling at this really high price consistently. And I kind of learned to decode that process. I was like, I wonder where that comes from. Like there's a distributor somewhere, there's a wholesaler somewhere, you know, surely there's a way that I can, you know, so I kind of eventually find that, that company, <laughs> purchase it from them. Then I, I start being one of those resellers. So I think that's the quality of just being able to decode. And again, it wasn't like, you know, coffee was the thing I was most passionate about, mm-hmm. you know, in my life. So it's just the process of it. So resourcefulness, um, let's say also curiosity, mm-hmm. which we just talked about a bit, like the willingness to ask questions. I think it's always good to ask why. Like you should ask why about just about everything in your life. If you do that mm-hmm. for a couple of days, you're going to learn a lot. You know, <laughs> you're going to learn a lot about yourself. You know, some of it may be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. may like realize like I'm actually doing things for no good reason. Basically, mm-hmm. I'm doing them because I'm, be- I'm doing them because this is how I do it. Yeah. Okay, I'm doing this because this is how I did it yesterday. You know, and so on. Um, but just if you apply this to to business or to arts and crafts or to making something to sell, you know, just being willing to explore your curiosity. And so that's maybe the, the third point is like resourcefulness, curiosity, and then, okay, what do you do about that? Mm. Because you can be resourceful 
and not doing any, do anything. You can be curious and acquire all this knowledge, but if you don't actually then you know, take the step, whatever it is, if you don't actually take action, if you, you kind of hold yourself back because of fear or inhibition or whatever the obstacle is, then you're really not going to get anywhere. You know? like ideas have no, no value on their own. So I would say like the willingness to, to step out, like the willingness to take action and to see what happens uh, even when there are no guarantees, which of course there, there never are. So being curious and, and taking action. I love that. Um, speaking of taking action, like some people, like for me, when I felt, I kind of call myself an accidental entrepreneur. My jewelry business was a side hustle. I had a full-time job I liked. It was really good. I just started this thing because it was fun and it made a bit of money and I was learning, you know. And I kind of, it accidentally turned into a full-time thing <laughs> through circumstance, yeah. which was, you know, in hindsight, the best thing that could have possibly happened. But I don't know, because I'd, be, I'd been brought up in this mentality of having a job, that's safe, right? That's what you do. Right. Right. But now that I've been self-employed for eight years or whatever it is, the idea of going back and relying on someone else to give me money you know, is really actually terrifying to me. I, I feel way more secure now because I know that I can make a living, I can figure it out, and I can start something else if I need to. Do you think a lot of people, and I know uh, I'm just going to put a pin in the thing that I know in the States, mm-hmm. you know, you guys have health insurance and some issues around sure, sure. having a job that might make this a little bit more difficult, but the idea that right. having a job is safer than running a business. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the thing about the health insurance, that even though it is an issue in the states, I mean, ultimately you can just buy your own policy essentially. Right. So you just have to kind of factor that in when you do your budget. What do I need to live on if I'm not, you know, taking these benefits from a company? Okay, well then I may, I might need. Here's my budget, and I need to add four hundred dollars a month to it to pay for my health insurance. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to the to the main point. So in other words, that's not, that shouldn't be an obstacle, you know, right. or shouldn't be an insurmountable obstacle. Let's say. Um, but as to the main point, like I completely agree. I think it's uh, Jonathan Fields, who's a good friend of mine. Mm. He has this phrase that I, I think I stole this from him, which <laughs> is like, you know, your 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 competence is your security, right? Mm. Like your your oh, skill, like, like yeah. your wisdom, your competence. That's your security, and you can apply that in lots of different ways, right? You know, mm. you know, you probably could go back into the the job market and, and succeed, you know, were it not for the fact that you're unemployable. But I mean, the point is, <laughs> like, you know, lots of people can succeed in, in jobs, but are you dependent on a company or are you dependent on yourself? Like you understand that, you know, your skills are valuable. And if that job changes, you've got something else you can do. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's about like just believing in yourself. And like, I think it also comes about through, through doing these things, you know, like as you, as mm-hmm. you start your first project, you know, then you, you get confidence to start something else. And, and like confidence or experience produces confidence, basically. The more experience you have, the more confident you become. Yes. And I saw that in my life in lots of different ways and not even just like entrepreneurship, but I had this project of going to every country in the world. It took me like 11 years and I was, you know, running side hustles the whole time to like pay for it. And in the beginning, you know, I like... I was I was nervous. I was worried about all kinds of stuff, you know, and I was like oh, an over planner, basically. Yep. <laughs> but I, I, I almost um, it's, what's kind of funny is I, I almost made more mistakes uh, in like the final third of that quest than I did in the first two thirds um, in terms of like, you know, booking the wrong plane ticket or not getting my visa sorted out or whatever. I think it's because like over time I just became more confident yep. and I just I stopped triple checking everything, which is probably not great. But the point is like I <laughs> I. Uh, over time, I'm like, you know what? I can do this. I can do this. And so for everybody listening, it's like, okay, you're not going to go to every country in the world perhaps, but you know, the, the, as you go down your journey, your path, like 
that's why you need to have some small successes because the small mm. success will lead to something something else and then you never really know what's, what the ultimate outcome is going to be. But if you don't take that first step, then you really will never know. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I know through all of your books and your online courses and work and the World Domination Summit, you know, you've worked and talked to thousands of people with businesses over the years. Um, what are some of the major obstacles we've obviously just covered not getting started and being a perfectionist perhaps um, that get in the way of people achieving this and setting up a successful business? Well, I think a lot of people have just been told things that are wrong. I think a lot of people (laughs) just just been told that they have this assumption that you need capital, you need money to start Mm. your business and you need investors. Or if you don't need investors, well, you need to like put a lot of money on your credit card, you know, or Mm. you need to like borrow, beg, beg your family for money or something. So that there's that perception. Um, there's a perception, you know, that you're just not cut out for it, you know, the perception that, uh, oh, it has to be really complicated. Um, so I think it's, you know, or I don't know what to do next, maybe. Maybe you're like an ideas person. Mm-hmm. And if you're an ideas person, then you have lots of ideas, but you, you struggle with implementing those ideas and, and, and making them happen. So I think those are, those are probably the main reasons, you know, or I'm, I'm worried I'm going to fail. I'm worried I'm going to succeed, yeah. right? Like, what does it look like <laughs> if I actually do this? You know, my life is going to be different. It's kind of like asking why. You know, if you ask why, you know, enough, you might realize you have to make some changes or at mm-hmm. least you either have to make some changes or accept, you know, that that's, that's what your life is like. And so, you know, same kind of thing there. I think once you remove the obstacles, then it's like, okay, do you really want this? You know, and if so, what's holding you back? Uh, or do you just need, want to accept that, you know, this is not actually part of your life? Like those are the only two options at that point. Yeah, for sure. I just want to touch on something that I, I, I did see again inside Hustle, but I remember I saw you at a conference years ago and you talked about this and it's stuck with me ever since, that this idea that when we're trying to, um, I guess, invite people to buy from us, that you should mm-hmm. always talk about the benefits of a product before the features. And a lot of people get this wrong. They kind of go, my thing yep. is this size and it does this. And right, right, right. <laughs> but, but rather than saying this is how it's going to change your life. Yeah. Well, I mean, in fact, I think it kind of, you, you just, you just put it very well there. I mean, if you, if you like take a step back from your baby, right? Cause it's your baby. Like I made this thing. I love it. You know, et cetera. <laughs> just think of yourself as like, you're a stranger. You're out there like browsing and looking at a hundred different things. You know, do you really care about all those, all those all those little details or do you care about like just what you said how is it going to change my life you know how's it going to make me feel mm-hmm. like what will be different about my life when i exchange money for this item or for this service i think i think that is that is far more critical than the features and the features kind of then kind of back that up like the features are for like okay once you're interested now i want to know more but if you if you reverse it it's very hard to to be successful i mean the story of apple like the apple computer company mm-hmm. they are you know everybody always says apple has this you know amazing branding and like you know Steve Jobs was a master at that and, and he was but it took some time for him to get to be there. like he was initially fired from Apple because he did a bad job <laughs> and like he launched a computer I think the computer's name was Lisa and if you haven't heard of it it's because it was a huge flop basically <laughs> and when he launched that computer he took out like an eight page ad in the New York Times and like the whole ad was all about features. It's like, here's why this computer is amazing and it has so many gigahertz and blah, 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 blah. Like, and who cares? Nobody right? knows what that you know? means. <laughs> right. But now you like fast forward and like he comes back to Apple like years later and he creates this campaign that's what that's called Think Different. Two yeah. words, you know? So very different between features and, and benefits. And maybe one, one final point on that is um, it, when you think about, okay, what are the benefits? I think you should think about emotional needs. Mm. You should think about what emotional need does this purchase meet for someone. I think that's when you start getting into some much deeper kind of stuff, a much deeper connection with your customer, 
Uh, and maybe if it's if it's something handcrafted, is it nostalgia? Mm-hmm. Is it uh, is it ownership? Is it pride? Is it um, I don't know? It could be all kinds of things. Affirmation, you know, security, mm-hmm. uh, sense of belonging or identity, like stuff like that. I think that's what you think about. And if you can message, you know, toward those needs, which doesn't mean you have to use those exact words. You just think about those concepts. I, I think you're going to be much more successful than if you just list like here are the eight features of my product. Mm. And I'm a firm believer that we buy on emotion, not logic. Uh, as much yep, as we like to think we buy on logic. <laughs> well, so almost, we, almost every purchase, I think, is emotion unless yeah. it's a commodity. You know, like you go to the store, you buy milk. That's, that's a commodity. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, just about everything is on, on emotion. Yeah, for sure. And I like to think about it this way. Like whenever you, you know, sell something to someone, when they give you money, they're actually giving you a little tiny bit of their life because they've had to spend time mm-hmm. to buy that money. So that concept of that emotional level of, of exchange, I think, can be really powerful yep. as well. Yeah, uh, it's trust. It's a lot of yes. trust, you know. Even if it's a small amount of money, it's a lot of trust. And, and there, there's so much there. And, like, you know, you have the potential, obviously, to serve that person for, for years to come. So, I mean, that, that's why I think low price, low price products can also be interesting because, you know, sometimes you can bring people in and, like, you actually have a relationship with them and you never know what's going what's gonna to happen, you know, 10 years from now. Mm, absolutely. So you have been through a lot of businesses and side hustles to this point in your life, and I have no doubt there are going to be many more. What's been some of the most rewarding parts of your own business journey up to now? I mean, it's just I feel so fortunate. I, I, I mean, I know you feel this way too. Like, like you mm-hmm. and I, we both have communities of people like all over the world that, that for some reason actually care about what we have to say, what we make. And, and yeah. I, I, I honestly, like just about every single day, I've been doing this for 10 years. I, I mean, I can, I can honestly say that every, almost every day I'm kind of like it is this real yes. you know it's kind of like when i sold things on ebay is this is this is this money from paypal actually real like can i really deposit this in my bank account so i i genuinely feel like like i've had some personal struggles i've had some business failures i've had all kinds of stuff but the fact that um i can write books and that's, that's what i wanted to do like when i was when i was young i was like one day i want to write a book and now i that's what i do for a living and i have you know people you know all over the world and i was just in australia with you and like just have a great community there I can go somewhere else, and there are people uh, who are not just interested in me. They're interested. They, like we share these values, yes. And uh, that I think is just is so powerful and so cool. I mean, that is the thing that I'm just like, wow, can't believe that. I never would have imagined. Like, I didn't. I, I knew I wanted to write a book, but I mm-hmm. never would imagine like there'd be this community of people. And that that to me has been the, the greatest thing by far. Yeah, and you have built such a wonderful community of people. Like everybody I've ever met at any of your events has always been awesome. So. That's uh, it is a good feeling to know that you're bringing people together and making a difference in their lives. Absolutely, well, it's a prerequisite. You know, if you're not yeah. awesome, you can't be part of. The- <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to know. I'm awesome, great. <laughs> um, just to wrap up, as we finish, um, do you have a key piece or a few key pieces of advice mm-hmm. for people who are kind of just starting out on their business journey? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just give you like my, here's my big picture message, you know, like I said, I'm not an evangelist, but this is, if I, there's one message that I would take like all over the world, <laughs> it's the, the philosophy of, of the art of nonconformity, which I started 10 years ago. And that philosophy is that you don't have to live your life the way others expect. Yes. And throughout your life, you're going to have all kinds of people who expect all kinds of things from you. And they assume all kinds of things for you. And they don't necessarily have your best interest at heart. doesn't mean they're terrible people. Like mm-hmm. some of these people are actually going to be your family and your friends. And, <laughs> you know, like I said, they could be very good people. But you have to think for yourself, like, what is it that I want to create for myself? Who do I want to become? What is the life I want to live? And I feel like if you start thinking like this, it filters down through so many different levels. 
and layers and it will it will filter down into your business and, and help you like feel more empowered uh, feel more secure both in terms of like the money you're making and, and that aspect of things but also hopefully in terms of the impact it's having on other people uh, when you think about like your own goals mm-hmm. like it will help you have you know bigger goals or deeper goals you know something that's more expansive um, but I think if you just always ask yourself like what is what is important to me and of course relationships are going to be on that list of course I want to consider other people but do I have a dream of my own I think most people out there have a dream of their own and mm-hmm. other people tend to stifle that dream or say it's unrealistic unreal- or encourage you to defer it like oh that sounds good maybe you can do that you know five years from now mm-hmm. or when you're older or whatever the thing is so I think you shouldn't give up on that dream because that dream may actually help you do all the other things. I love that. Thank you, Chris. Uh, So I think everybody listening should go check out your podcast and your website, Side Hustle School. And obviously they can find out more about you at chrisgillibo.com. Is that correct? That is correct. And nobody can ever spell that. But if you just type in something (laughs) kind of like that in Google, I mean, I'm the only one that's, you know, sort of like that, basically. So whatever you think Gillibo should be spelled, you type it in, you'll find me. I will be putting a link in the show notes. Never fear. There you go. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and uh, share your message with the world. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much, Jess. Huge thanks again to Chris for coming on the show and sharing his wisdom and experience with us. And remember, if you want to enter to win a copy of his book, Side Hustle, make sure you're either a member of the Thrive Circle or you join me for the Facebook Live next week. Details are on the Create and Thrive Facebook page. Thanks so much again for being here for another episode of the Create and Thrive podcast. It's always awesome to share stories of other makers and creatives and my own advice for turning your handmade hobby into a thriving business. I'm Jess Van Den. This has been another episode of the Create and Thrive podcast and goodbye for now.